Good evening, it's Monday, April 23rd, and I am Mr. Skullhead. I am not naked, and I am in my home, but otherwise I am just the same as Freddie Mercury. Uh, we're going to bring in Jick here right about now, so let's give him a call. Hello, buddy. Hey, Holmes. How's it going? It's going pretty well. Got my beer, got my chill on, I'm ready to relax. What's a chill on? Is that like a new kind of dog? Uh, well, normally you wear it on your chin and it's a chinchilla, but mm. it, since it's on the desk in front of me, it's just a chilla. It's not like a chillum, which is a particular sort of pot smoking device? It's like a chisholm, like the chisholm trail. Oh. It's like some jism. Yeah, I don't know. Did you ever encounter a chillum or anyone talking about a chillum? I haven't. Uh, as far as I know, it is just a pipe, but it is a pipe with no bend in it. So it's sort of like the slide of a bong, but it's meant to smoke through your mouth. I've always heard those called like oneies or one hitters. Well, I think that's the, the one hitter is small. It has the same form factor, but it is small and it is meant to take one hit, whereas a chillum is like a nine hitter. Ah. Uh, if it's a no-hitter, then you can take it to the baseball arena with you. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to stick yeah. with arena, because that's what my brain said first off. So, Yeah, people playing in the baseball arena. Yep. Oh, man. Uh, how you been, Mr. Scully? Head? Skull? Scully, Mr. Head? <coughs> it's been good. We had a... We hosted a bachelor party on Saturday night. That was pretty awesome. Did you, Who was the stripper? Uh, no, nobody was the stripper. Oh. I stripped some cables so that I could plug my speakers back in in the basement. Ooh. So I was the, I was the stripper. We did a pedal pub, though. That was cool. Oh, is that a thing where you, like, go, you, like... I never really understood how those things worked, because that when I first saw one and I thought, oh, man, that is awesome, I then talked to somebody about it and they were like, no, that's not how those things work at all. Well, it's... Uh, describe your experience. Okay, so it, it's like a trolley looking thing right and it has a kind of a bar set up in the middle and then five seats on either side and the seats have pedal like bicycle pedals underneath them so you get on the thing you start pedaling it's actually good it, it takes a little bit of effort to do it so you start pedaling and we pedaled to one bar and en route jess was serving us drinks from uh a keg that we had brought. Like, you have to bring your own booze, but then you can drink on the thing. And, uh, like, legally, it's a bar, not a vehicle. So you can drink while you're on it. If you, like, step off of the thing holding your drink, then suddenly it's public consumption. Mm hmm But, uh, and then we go... So we drove to a bar in the thing and then had some drinks and some food at the bar, then pedaled it to another bar, had some drinks and some food... And then pedaled back to the starting point. Hmm. So it was, it was super fun. I gotta say. What? So did you pay as a group to rent the thing? Yeah, you rent the thing for two hours, and you get a pilot who knows the route, and does all the steering and all the timing. And then all the, the timing. Well, it's like you only have two hours, so if you want to go to three bars, she knows how long you have to stay. You have to stay at each bar. I see. And when you got to get back on. 
there there were a ton of rules for the thing, but they were all designed for like people who had just turned twenty one and were gonna get fucked up and be ridiculous on it. Uh-huh. So with us it it wasn't really a you know, like don't make obscene gestures off of the thing. Don't hang your dick out while you're on the thing. Don't She said if don't if you say anything lewd or obscene to a minor, I will kick you off. We said, Wow, where did that rule come from? She said some drunken asshole was yelling at a ten year old to show him her tits. <laughs> like, oh man. Wow. That is so that is both horrible and awesome at the same time. It's hilarious. Uh, okay, so it would be I think that it would be it would be not just just totally horrid if it was a ten year old boy. Like for whatever reason I just think that would be really awesome. Okay. To be the guy who got in trouble for telling a ten year old boy to show me your tits. <laughs> uh, uh, so the way that I imagined well, actually, I have a couple more questions. Uh, how far? How far did you go? What? Like, how long was the route, and how many of there were you? There were ten of us pedaling, and then Jess was in the middle. She was too short to pedal. No. Oh. So, she just got to stand and serve beer. So that seems like us. a weird design flaw because she's not like abnormally short. Five two is their cutoff, or five huh. three is their cutoff. She's five two. But her legs are as long as mine, so she probably could have done it. But, you know, mm. somebody had to serve the beer. On the yeah, way back, the, the bachelor off, uh, opted to sit in the back. And we couldn't say, you know, it's your day, dude. Go for it. So this was a bachelor party where there were girls? No, it was just... Jess is the best man for this wedding. Okay. So she threw the bachelor party, so it was ten guys and her. Mm. So, you know, things got a little wild. Yeah, I can imagine. Oh, so we did the pedal pub. We went and back. How far? How far? How far did you go on the thing? It couldn't have been more than a couple of miles. The thing goes. The top speed of that thing was five miles an hour, and I doubt that we hit that unless we were going straight down. Like, does it have some sort of governor? Like, was the pilot also the governor, <laughs> the governor of the bar and the mayor? <laughs> on she had the most four square check-ins. Exactly. And the most whatever makes you the governor. Uh, the most plantations. Right. The most plantations on uh, pedal pubville. So what I imagined, whenever whenever I saw one of those things for the first time, I thought, oh, that is fucking great. You can just run up there, get onto it, start pedaling, order a beer, drink your beer, and then get off of it. Like it's a like I imagined it just running throughout a, a college area or, you know, whatever, whatever bar neighborhood just in a cycle. Right. And yeah. so it was like a fun way to get from place to place. You um, know, in a world, <clears throat> a world of people who aren't assholes. And a world of personal responsibility and not oppressive legislation, that would totally be what it was. Oh. I get. But, like, so they have them in, they come from uh, the Netherlands, where things are a little more chill. But and do they fit it with, like, uh, do they fit it with, like, uh, amphibious uh, wheels with pedals, uh, with, 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 like, fins yeah, on them? Yeah, you can imagine at five miles an hour, it took them forever to get it over here. Yeah, wow. But they, uh, it's like in the rules, they said, like, we understand that some of these things may seem a little bit arbitrary and some of it may seem silly, but it's amazing that we can even make this work at all in a like regulatory and legislative climate like the US. So everybody just be cool and we'll have a good time. Yeah. Yeah, it's more I mean, like I guess it, you it get sucks. Together, you it have sucks to that it. we don't live in a world where that is just a given. 
Right, that don't be a dick is not something you have to say. Yeah, I almost think, uh, and that you know, maybe maybe I'm wrong about this. Like maybe this is one of those things. Like every once in a while, you think, well, I don't want to be the asshole that says like, oh, everything in Europe is just so much more enlightened. Oh, have you heard of this thing, Nutella? Oh, I love it. Have you heard of this one beer? They had it everywhere there, and it's so much better than American beer. But one thing about the just sort of general European approach to life that I think that we might be able to benefit from is fucking let people start drinking before they're driving and, like, out in the world and able to get arrested for shit. And, you know what I mean? Like, let people get that shit out of their system when they're, like, 14... And you can still like ground them, you know, right? For 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 fucking shit up, and then by the time you're old enough that you can, you know, like maybe you have to be old enough to drive before you can get on one of these things, or maybe you have to be eighteen or over to get on one of these things, and then you're just you're like okay, you're not like you're not some fratty douche who's gonna who's gonna get the outfit in trouble. I don't. Do you think that would work here, or do you think there's something about there's something about the way that American culture operates that just means we can't do that. I've heard that you have to choose, or, you know, nobody chooses, it just kind of evolves, that you're either a drinking culture or a driving culture, and we are a driving culture. Like, the U.S., we have personal relationships with our cars, we're in love with the car, and we've built our entire civilization around needing a car to get places. So... We can't really be a drinking culture. You can't have somebody get their driver's license at 16 and start drinking at 18. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wonder, I don't know of places that are an exception to that rule, but I also don't know that I know of other places that have what I would call a driving culture. I mean, so you think, like, Germans like cars and drive them fast, right? And they are certainly a drinking culture. Can you get around German cities? Without a car? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing, you can get around any city that is more than 70 years old with a car or without a car. Right. Right. I mean, maybe not 70 at this point, maybe 100 at this point. Like, you can get around New York, you can get around Philadelphia or Boston, even San Francisco, right? (laughs) Like, but yeah. If it's a place that already had public transportation before, say, the 90s, then you can. Yeah. And I mean, I something, guess any place something where that's you could... not a bus, because just nobody rides the fucking bus unless they have to. But people will ride the BART because it's great to. Yeah, I mean, I think that in in San Francisco, people ride the bus. Yeah. I guess yeah, if, you're well, already, I mean, if you're already on the BART, and then you just have to take a bus a couple stops, I could see that. Yeah, I mean, there were a lot of places. It depends on where, like, in, in my experience, it, it depends a lot on where we're staying. I, so the reason that I don't like riding a bus is not because uh, of the, like, you know, crazy homeless dudes on it that are going to pee on you or whatever, uh-huh. uh, but because that, like, figuring out a bus system while you're surrounded by people who already understand the bus system triggers just every sort of horrible insecurity that I have uh-huh. about, I mean, I think that the majority of my, of the majority of the anxiety that I experience that is derived from external factors comes from me 
being in places where I don't know what I'm supposed to do and it seems like everybody else knows what they're supposed to do and they're going to make fun of me for not knowing what I'm supposed to do or they're going to yell at me for like going into some place that I'm not supposed to go or standing in the wrong place when I'm waiting to get a table. And when I have two drinks, that just goes away and I'm like, you know what? If somebody, like, what is the worst case scenario for somebody yelling at me because I'm standing in the wrong place? I learn where to stand, and this one dude who I'm never going to see again yelled at me. Why the fuck does that seem like it's the end of the fucking world if I walk into this place in the middle of the afternoon instead of, at, you know, 11 o'clock at night after nine beers? Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, it never, it's one of those, it's one of those drug realizations that never survives a, a bad night's sleep. That's why I don't like the bus. Right, right. You know, but once you start using it, it's like, it's just fine. What, at times in in the past when I'd been in San Francisco and somebody was like, oh, let's just take the bus. It doesn't make any sense to like, you know, like there's not, the bar doesn't go everywhere, right? It's like some lines. And I was just like, you know, I'll just walk. They're like, but it's like three miles. Like, yeah, I'll meet you there in a while. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I did a lot of that. Ugh. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's weird. It seems like it seems like the drinking laws in this country are not the, really the product of any rational person or group of people making any deliberate decisions. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, it's it's hard to it's hard to imagine where this even came from. Like why is that a thing? Like, why do we arbitrarily make these distinctions between things that you have to be a certain age to do? Like, why is there no... I mean, I guess there is an age of consent on having sex. But as far as I know, like, it's not illegal for two 14-year-olds to have sex with one another, is it? Or is it? I don't think so. I think one of them has to be 18 before it gets to be a problem. So, I mean, that is a thing that can do a fuckload of damage to society. Right. Right? Probably more than... Dr- no, absolutely. I can say without hesitation, more damage to society than drinking. You'd rather have two 14-year-olds doing some shots than each other. Yeah, than having a baby. Right. Man, I don't care if they fuck, but, but I mean, that's the thing. Like, I am more inclined to trust two 14-year-olds with a six-pack of beer than to trust two 14-year-olds where one of them has a dick and the other one is impregnable. Right. Pregnable. Pregnable? Yeah. No, we'll impregnate... Right, yeah, you want to impreg- a- but a fortress that is impregnable can't be impregnated. Yeah, huh? But you impregnate someone. You want her to be inflammable. Yeah, that's what I want. I want her to be nonplussed by <laughs> the inexpert use of your fourteen-year-old cock. Exactly. Uh, which. Uh. So anyway, pedal pub came back to the house. There, I think. So there's this marked difference between people who are in their early twenties. And people in their, like, mid to late 20s, early 30s doing a bachelor party. Because the former group, you go, dude, we are going to get so fucked up. We're just going to get, like, totally wasted. We're going to play video games and board games all night. And, you know, we're just going to fucking drink beer and get blasted and all night, you know, you know four I think I was morning. with you until the video games and board yeah. games. Well, the, the I, that was all right, you know. I think I still okay. would have done that when I was in my early 20s. It's not like, let's go to, like, 80 bars, dude. You're like, no, let's fucking board games, video games, all night long. It's going to be awesome. We'll stay up till like 4 a.m. Uh, you say that, and then you do it. 
when you're our age, it was, fuck yeah, we're going to do this all night, you know. And at 9.30, some dudes left. And at 10.30, some more dudes left. And then it was just me, Jess, uh, and the bachelor hanging out. And we all went to sleep before midnight. I mean, we did sure. start drinking at 3 o'clock. Mm, so yeah. at nine o'clock we're like god we're just blasted and it seems like we've been playing the arkham horror forever dude it's got to be like midnight it was nine o'clock yeah nothing says rager bachelor party like a game of arkham horror it was what the groom wanted, wanted to do you know yeah no i i i believe you i would say the perfect bachelor party is one in which the groom does whatever the fuck he wants to do mm-hmm. as long as whatever the fuck he wants to do is bang 30 strippers yeah, bang strippers who are 30. Mm-hmm. What's the best thing about 30 strippers? Hmm. Uh, they, they, you know, they've, they've been around a while. They know their way around the bed. Right. Uh, down here is the blood stain. Up there is the handcuff mark on the bedpost. Here's, here's this part where I normally get backhanded. I know it like the back of my hand. <laughs> the back of your hand. <laughs> How was uh so how was your week? What did you do? It was uh it was pretty good. I I I did some working and I did some other working and I hmm, I did some laundry. Uh, I sent I sent my aunt some lemons. That that was pretty exciting. That sounds like a weird old school insult. Yeah, why don't you just send your aunt some lemons? Mm-hmm. Up your nose with a rubber hose. I read a I read a Metafilter article about uh, about a New York Times or New York Magazine article about a crazy new diet fad, right? Uh, where women, and uh, the focus of this article was in particular women who were maybe a month away from their wedding and wanted to lose a whole bunch of weight in a hurry, where they'll get fitted with a feeding tube, right, and carry around a bag of nutrient. Uh, slurry that slowly uh, dribbles into them. Yeah. Although, was, you know, that can't possibly that work thing. because if there's one thing I've learned from the internet, it is that a reduction in calories cannot be said to definitively result in weight loss. Of course. You know, that only works if, uh, if the bride-to-be in question is genetically predisposed to being able to not be a giant fatty. Yeah, because there, there you have no control over it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's weird. Every once in a while, you'll go to a desert island and you'll just see like a giant fat dude who starved yeah. and was still giant and fat. Um. Anyway, so that was the thing I read on Metafilter this week. <laughs> right. Do you suppose that this is a thing, or this is a thing that? two people did and a newspaper who was hard up for a story went this is a thing that lots of people are doing well I mean it was certainly it was certainly as sensationalist as things are you know sure oh. Ugh, man seems just the number of the number of times that I am made aware of somebody having murdered somebody you know 30 states away mm-hmm. is just like what <sighs> You know, what the fuck is wrong with our culture? Like, what the fuck is wrong with the news? Hmm. That it has become a thing where, oh, well, our goal is to be as popular as possible as opposed to being as informative as possible. 
that's one of those things that comes from so I would argue that's one of the things that comes from everything being for maximum profit yeah like running the news in a way that gets the most people to watch it is probably not the right way to run the news but that's the way you have to run it if you want to run it as a business yeah and I mean you know it seems like there is There's there no is probably some danger in letting the government fund <laughs> and therefore some, control the news. <laughs> some di- yeah. some slight. Well, I mean, there there isn't in a situation where you can trust the government, right. right? Not that that situation necessarily exists anywhere, much less here. Yeah. But but yeah, I mean, that's why we've got things like PBS and NPR. And why is it that? the news outlets that do ostensibly get taxpayer funded are so liberally biased because reality because, has a liberal bias because tax because people who are okay with tax money going towards things that are non-essential uh, in in like a survival sense are more inclined to to get into that kind of thing i think that the the right-wing news outlets have become so dedicated to a narrative that is not true that anything that just tells it straight looks liberal. Like somebody who reports, so there was this climate change paper that came out, and 120 scientists signed on to say that this looks pretty likely, and 10 of them said that it didn't, is a liberally biased piece. Mm-hmm. Because it didn't say alleged climate change paper, and ten brave scientists stood up in defiance of the government mandated status quo, etc. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hey, you know what else I did this weekend? Uh, was I went and saw Cabin in the Woods. Hey, did you enjoy it? The Cabin in the Woods. I did. Good. Can 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 we talk about it? Can we can we issue a spoiler alert and uh, say that if you. If you haven't seen Cabin in the Woods, uh, it, yeah, uh, here, here, I'm comfortable saying this. If you haven't seen Cabin in the Woods, stop listening, whether you want to see it or not, because if you don't want to see it, you need to want to see it. So start wanting to see it. Skip forward, say, eight minutes. So it turns out it was actually about 15 minutes and 19 seconds. Uh, so you should fast forward if you don't want to uh, hear these spoilers to about the 38 minute mark. Although I just realized that I need to alter that depending on how long this little miniature recording is. So I don't know what the fuck to do. Yeah, I'm going to put yeah, in... Yeah, what'd, uh, what'd you think, buddy? I'm going to put in chat. Uh, we're going to talk about Cabin in the Woods and we'll let you know when it's over. I, I rather enjoyed it. I didn't think yeah. that it was scary for the most part no there were some jump scares yeah Um, like the whole the whole concept was super interesting and maybe a little bit creepy yeah I mean it definitely was like horrific as an idea right boy did I enjoy it a lot uh, I just finished reading the uh, IMDB trivia on it which lists the list of possible threats that were on the whiteboard uh-huh. yeah. including hot, the hot stuff was thing. amused to see Kevin as one of them <laughs> <laughs> I did and like witches the, uh... and sexy witches yeah 
I liked that the, they had the sugar plum fairy on there, and that sounded completely innocuous when I saw it on the board at the beginning, but then that's the girl in the tutu whose mouth is just a meat grinder. Yeah. Her uh and that one well, when afterwards when we were when we were talking about it, uh uh thinking about the things that were sort of clued or cued by the objects that different people were messing with in yeah, yeah. the basement. Uh the mu- the correspondence between that and the music box did not did not occur to me at all. Uh we were trying to figure out what the movie uh reels were all about. Hmm. I was thinking some kind of like the ring kind of thing. Okay. Although they did that mo- they did that with the Japan part. But I yeah. thought I thought maybe that was something, you know, some pissed off ghost coming out of that made sense. Yeah. I liked um, the puzzle sphere. I thought that it was neat that the like if the Hellraiser concept I, I'm curious about this, right? It it was weird to me to see the the what do you call those guys from Hellraiser? Cenobite. Yeah, uh, well, I, I hope that the I hope that the quality of the Skype call isn't tanking because you you sound like a robot down a well to me right now. Uh, you sound fine to me. I've got all good everything on. So. so it was weird to see the Cenobites, but not Jason or Freddy. And I wonder if that was just a licensing thing. Well, they called it the, like, the Lord of Pain and Pleasure. So they kind of genericized him and made him made it look like somebody who would have fit in with that crowd, but not one of them specifically. Yeah, so I think I you mean, can get away how- with that in a way that, like, Dream Monster with Burned Face doesn't really translate, or, like, Serial Killer and yeah. Hockey Mask. Like, there's only one of those. Yeah, I mean that's that's the thing though. Is is the guy with the machete? Well, I mean, really, is the guy with any sharp implement and the ski mask more Jason than a guy with weird metal coming out of his face and a puzzle box? Like, <laughs> I, puzzle I, I, sphere, I understand. Though. I understand what you mean, right? But like, yeah. you know, you couldn't do camp murderer. But then that would just be like a a burlesque, uh, a burlesque yeah, dancer with a knife. Obviously, uh, yeah, and uh, like obviously a pastiche in the way that I think you can get away with like of the same clan as these guys instead of like obvious stand-in for this other guy. Yeah, I wonder. I mean, my impression was that like, oh, I wonder if like the people that own the Hellraiser property gave them permission hmm. to do that, and the other people did not. Because um, it did seem weird that like, because I mean, I feel like. There is no, there is no reason that Jason Voorhees is not in the pantheon that the you know the Wolfman and the Mummy and the Swamp Monster uh-huh. are in, right? I mean, they're 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 like those guys share a sort of temporal, like a contemporaneous contemporaneity, like werewolves and vampires are older. Well, sure, sure, sure. But I mean, I mean, just like specific movie style version. I feel like the way that we think of vampires is very much a, a product of that sort of matinee movie period, yeah. right? And the way the way that we think of werewolves and like all of the all of the tropes got established. The particular Americanized version of those things. Um. Yeah, you know, I I can't say that for sure. 
looking looking at the the number of like and I'm curious as to whether all of the disparate vampire myths were just some natural thing that emerges from from you know whatever whatever gives the appearance of a collective unconscious or or a collective unconscious if there is one but like is the reason that there is a vampire myth in every culture because there was some proto vampire myth in early like not quite caveman but not quite disseminated throughout various different easily identifiable tribes right human culture you know did somebody just think of that and it evolved or or is that just is like the monster that drinks your blood is that just a powerful enough idea that it simultaneously occurs to every culture and that's why there are so many weird variants on it i would think it's that yeah so yeah i mean i wonder i wonder how much of what was i mean i guess dracula right like i think bram stoker's dracula is I mean, the movie of course that's uh funny. that's where i think as far as i know that is where a lot of our ideas about you know like being able to turn into mist being able to transform into a bat yeah whatever right like being from romania <laughs> it's probably not uh, original but uh but yeah, I, I, you know, I think I think Jason and uh, maybe to a lesser extent Freddy. I feel like Freddy has because of the way that because Freddy talks, like there's a lot more sort of modern copyrightable character in there, right? Than just guy with a mask. Yeah, and they're like there's guy with a mask. There's guy who there's sadistic demon seems like a bigger category than just quipping Lord of Dreams dude. Yeah, yeah. Like a, chi- a revenant alleged child molester. Right. Okay. I guess the story, right, was that he did kill some kids. Not yeah. He didn't molest them, he killed them. But the, then he got off on a technicality and the parents vigilantied him in the fire. Yeah. In the It was in the remake that they did the he didn't kill any kids. He just molested them and also sliced him, sliced them with these finger knives that he had. And the parents at first didn't believe the kids about the molesting, even though the kids had giant finger knife scratches on them. And then maybe the kids made the whole thing up and the parents killed Freddy for no reason, and that's why he's so pissed off. Oh, wait, just kidding. He totally molested them and scratched them with their finger knives and that's why they killed him and the remake was so incredibly stupid just saying i sort of forgot about it i not only didn't see it i it, it the, the the existence of it just erased itself from my mind it didn't it have rorschach as freddy yeah and makeup hmm. that made him look like a hamster oh good good that seems like a great way to do that yeah it was pretty fucking awful Ah man, I was I I felt pretty good about that movie. I I learned today that it was apparently it completed filming in two thousand nine, and in between then and now was just the studios trying to convince everybody to to make it into a three D movie, and everybody who knew anything about what was good resisting that, and then right. finally getting their way. Ah, uh, which yeah. seems weird. And it, it was part of it was that the guy one of the guys in it became Thor oh yeah I did not make that connection 
but you're totally right. Yeah, so that was a thing that made made them more likely to sell it. But uh, part of it was just that MGM ran out of money completely in the middle of the marketing of the thing. Mm. And so said, we should do a 3D. No, we don't have any money to do that. And nobody wants to do that anyway. And then Lionsgate finally picked it up. And it was really good. It's not doing a whole lot of business. Because Isn't it? I uh, my, my girlfriend said that it was doing pretty well from what she saw. But I don't know. Like, it's doing okay at the box office, but not as okay as you would think a movie that every site you go to is buzzing about and saying is awesome should do. Well, Just I mean, because every site you go to is buzzing about... Uh, uh, what the fuck? Scott Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim. Jesus Christ. Why was that so hard? But, yeah, that's the thing. There aren't as many of us as we think there are. There, we're just loud. It's 92% on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, well, I mean, we're loud. We're loud in the places where we're listening. <laughs> right? right? It's... Yeah. Oh, man. It's so good. It's so good. Box office over $27 million. Um, Do we know what the budget was? I'm sure. That's sort of hard to say. Even if you see the numbers, they don't really mean anything because you don't know how much additional money was spent marketing it, or does the budget include marketing, or... Right. I don't know. Usually we know doesn't. anything about anything. Very know. highly rated on Rotten Tomatoes, though. I don't know shit about shit. It's a fucking great poster. It's and it takes on it takes on the poster takes on a meaning once you know what's going on in the movie that is really cool. Right. I uh, first of all, I love the fucking actor, uh, the guy that was the dad in Six Feet Under, and the older DEA agent in uh, that David that David Russell movie, uh, Flirting with Disaster. Uh-huh. Uh The older of the two, like sort of guys in charge of the operation. Those I those characters were just so well done. Right. The like. Yeah. Yeah. The, the like just genuine sort of like the 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 angst about what they were doing that was swallowed because they had to put on a brave face for the troops you know yeah like just that that was that didn't need to be there but it added so much to those characters yeah ah so good so good this is one of those things where like talking about it makes me realize that is even better than thinking about it made me think it was oh yeah and I, the uh, surprise cameo at the end was excellent. Yeah, okay. I could have done without that. What, with Sigourney Weaver? Well, not necessarily. Like, I could have done without the person that shows up at the very end and is basically like, hey, in case there are any dumbheads in the audience who don't yet understand what's going on, even though we did a really good job of showing you and not telling you in a way that slowly revealed what was actually happening over the course of this thing and made you feel like you were a party to the realization rather than, uh, you know, whatever. I don't know what the alternative to that is. We're, we're just going to just come right out and tell you everything. I think just, they we're just going to spell it out a new character. I think they that her character served a purpose. And I think that there were things that she said that weren't obvious from looking at it. Were there? Yeah, I think so. I thought her character served a purpose. To, cause the characters hadn't figured everything out yet, and they deserved to know by the end of it. 
And it set uh. up the it set up the stakes for that last fifteen minutes, and then did not back away from just ending the fucking world, which was fantastic. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I guess when when you think about it, in terms of you putting it that way, like the characters deserved to know, right. like that's yeah. No. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um. Yeah, it was interesting. Like the the lengths that they went to to establish the characters as being like just sort of implausibly perfect in the beginning. Uh-huh. You know, like everyone is a supermodel genius right and then and then how they like they they turn knobs to make the people behave more like the archetypes that the ritual requires them to represent yeah i loved like him turning in the thor guy turning into the jock and somebody going why is he calling that guy a nerd he's on a he's on an academic scholarship I mean, he plays yeah. a little bit of rugby, but what the fuck? That was kind of beautiful. And I guess, in a way, like I'm glad that the I'm glad that the guy who was the scholar was not like Poindexter, right? You know, you know what I the the, the one performance that I did not care for was the stoner guy. Really? Yeah, I don't I don't think it was bad. It's just not what I wanted. I, like, I, I don't know. It seemed it seemed like a put on. He was the one who, of all of them, seemed like he was reading lines in a voice that was not his own. Huh. I guess that means it's a bad performance if it makes you aware of that. But I don't know. Maybe other people didn't feel that way. I didn't feel that way because I was used to that actor and his mannerisms from Dollhouse. Oh, I didn't know that that guy had been in Dollhouse. Yeah, he was the kind of nerdy brain guy on the dollhouse hmm ah the fool that's pretty good it's pretty fucking good I heartily recommend it to any and everybody I'm probably gonna go see it tomorrow again oh yeah I'm gonna reward myself for my days spent working my ass off on the basement and sit in a movie theater and watch um if I can that and American Reunion Aha. I um, have not yet seen that. I, I thought on Sunday, I was like, hey, you know, we can make this a weekend where we go to see two movies. But then there was nothing else playing that I had any interest in seeing at all. Yeah. That happens a lot to me. That happens a lot of the time to me. Uh, well, anything else going on that you want to chat about? Or should we dive into this motherfucking forum thread? Let's get into forum thread. Let's type spoilers o- over in the... Radio chat. Yeah, boy, when I said eight minutes, I was way off. Uh, hmm. Maybe when it's time for the podcast to go out, I will edit in myself saying how many minutes that actually was. <laughs> 15 minutes and 19 seconds. Um, so that people will know to skip ahead. Because it, this is a, no, we're, we're, we're continuing to talk about it. It, it, it strikes me as sort of a dangerous move to release a movie that you really can't know a lot about it going in if you are to enjoy it. 
Right. right? That's like dangerous ground strength. I never saw any advertisement for this movie other than the posters anywhere. Huh. Um, I, and, and I feel like I've gone to more... I think in the last year or so, I have gone to probably across the population a very above average number of movies, but certainly for me, uh, life lifelong total, except when I was working at the movie theater, I guess. Uh, but having not seen any previews for it at all, I, I was like, you know, that's weird. Like, this is one of those things like Paranormal Activity or the Blair Witch Project or whatever, where it's it seems like a dangerous move to release something that only works if it's got a kind of a grassroots marketing campaign because you just you ruin it by doing traditional marketing on it i would i thought so but then i saw the trailer for it pretty early on and the trailer sets up that there not only is there the cabin but there is this shadowy organization manipulating them to the even all the way to like i think we can get downstairs and then showing them going through into the other building and I oh. still thought it wasn't ruined. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Eh, all right. I, I don't know. I, I'm glad that people warned me not to know anything about it going in, and I'm glad that I didn't. Mm-hmm. But I guess it's one of those things where there's no way to know, right? There's no way to know whether your experience would have been ruined by changing right. your expectations. Maybe it could have been even better. I don't remember what all previews that I saw, but I remember, except for the Stephanie Meyer movie thinking that every single preview that I saw looked awesome and that I really wanted to see it, including, and this this surprised the fuck out of me, I actually am pretty excited to go see Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Really? I thought that trailer was horrible. Really? Yeah, I, so, yeah. I think conceptually it is fucking garbage. I think I think that it is it is just like the most it's it, it might as well be Revenge of the Bacon Pirates, you know? Uh-huh. For for how, just like, horseshit nerd meme pandering it is, right? And and I hate you know I like. I don't know anything. I don't really know anything about Pride and Prejudice and zombies, and I don't really know anything about that. You know that whole oeuvre, but I don't like it. Uh-huh. You know, based on what I think it is. But man, I am such a sucker for that visual style. Hmm. Like, I went and saw that fucking horrible Benicio Del Toro Wolfman movie, and I don't regret it. You know, it was terrible, but it looked fucking amazing. Right. Right, like, any any situation where somebody spends a million dollars to show me some footage of, like, just the scariest forest ever uh-huh. is just fucking awesome. Like, it's, I, I will I will gladly participate in a culture that produces stuff like that no matter how little actual merit it has culturally. Because damn, a fucking scary forest and some spooky mansions with monsters in them set in a alternate reality late 1800s. Fuck yeah. Did you like Sleepy Hollow? Because that was that. Well, okay, so here, here uh, here is the thing. I at the time that I saw that was at the height of my just sort of affected cynicism uh-huh. that you that you get in this modern world when you're young and trying to be cool <laughs> you know and now now that I'm older and more comfortable in my skin I, I I have gotten to the point where it's like you know what 
I'm I'm just gonna let myself be entertained by this. Like yeah. I'm not gonna go into this thinking, oh, that's so stupid. Oh, that's such bullshit. Oh, I can't believe, man, what I would have done if I was doing because you know that's not helping. Yeah. All it's doing, all it's doing, is making it so, like, I am embarrassed to experience actual emotions. You know, and fuck yeah. that. Like, of all the things that, of all the things that you should be embarrassed about, like letting your heartstrings get tugged on by something that is designed to tug on your heartstrings is the fucking last of them. Right. You know, and I, yeah, I, I just, I feel like I go into cultural stuff now with, with such a more open point of view than I used to that maybe now I could watch Sleepy Hollow you know, I think if Edward Scissorhands had come out when I was 25, maybe I would have hated it. Huh. It's possible that that's not true. And every time I think, ah, fucking Tim Burton, stop, just stop, stop with this bullshit. Everything that you make is terrible. This is so dumb. Like, there were a lot of people who felt that way about Edward Scissorhands, and I would rather live in a world where Tim Burton is trying stuff. Right. I, I guess, though, to be fair... To clarify that particular point, I would rather live in a world where Tim Burton was producing novel IP, uh-huh. uh, rather than one where he just kept doing his Tim Burtony take on some old shit. There is something. There is something that is definitely missing from later Tim Burton stuff, though. I feel like Edward Scissorhands had a lot of heart to it, and. Almost starting with Sleepy Hollow, it was just kind of slick. But and Sleepy Hollow was not, if not licensed, adapted. Yeah. I guess everything is adapted, right? Like, I mean, like, he, he could have made Edward Scissorhands without, in a way that you wouldn't really feel any sympathy or empathy with Edward, and you would feel like the, like, suburban family was just completely grotesque and stupid, but you kind of feel for everybody in that movie. Yeah. In a way that you just don't and like Sleepy Hollow on well like Big Fish kind of got that heart back but Yeah. Sleepy it did. Hollow uh, was I super, I tend to not I tend to yeah. not think about that. I yeah, I understand that. But the, um like but, but, Charlie I mean, the Chocolate that was, Factory totally that was Big Fish was the original Big Fish was an original property, right? Big Fish was, was not an adaptation of it. What else has he done was that was book. his own? Big Fish was a book. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh. So, huh, yeah, okay. that wasn't an adaptation. Well, shit, I did not know that. Well, like, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory owed a whole lot more to the book than to the previous movie, and that was, oh, and that was th- just yeah, a pilot ass. Very, very much to its detriment. And Slick. Just, you don't give a shit about any of these people. They He let Johnny Depp do some weird combination of Michael Jackson and Captain Jack Sparrow for it, and... Yeah, I don't know. The, the the trailers that we saw for in front of Cabin in the Woods, I thought that none of them, except the Avengers, looked like it was worth seeing. No, oh, really. Abraham Lincoln was like this. I actually liked the concept and the backstory, and thought the trailer looked like shit. The Raven with John Cusack as an action hero looked pretty fucking ridiculous. I did not. That preview was not on there. The ones that I saw were uh, Looper. Looper looks amazing, yeah. Yeah, it really does. I mean, I, you know, I am fucking super, super stoked for Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Right. 
Like, because that guy, I, he was on, he was on Loveline at some point, I want to say in like the late 90s. And it was like, hearing it, it was like, wow, this is, this is just a fucking great story. I'm so happy for this kid. And his heart is totally in the right place. Because like, he was, he, he didn't fall into the like horseshit child actor trap, right? His parents didn't try to rip him off. His parents were like, hey, there's no reason that you shouldn't have a fuckload of money when you're an adult and can start making decisions about stuff. Right. So let's, let's, let's be sane about this. And so he, you know, he just ended up with enough money to like, kind of just do the stuff that he wanted to do creatively and it wasn't dreck you know right. like he he had an interest in making things that were good he made well, whether they were or not i don't know right but but at least he was trying right it wasn't it wasn't like he was trying to 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 like be as famous as possible or whatever he was just like ah you know i just like want to i want to use the resources that i have to advance causes that i believe in and the causes that i believe in are like sweet movies about stuff right well, just seeing him getting back together with the guy who did Brick is worth seeing it because Brick was incredible. Uh, yeah, so I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, I forget. It was oh, Dark Shadows, and Dark Shadows was fucking. That trailer looks awful. Uh, yeah, I did not see that one either. Um, fuck, man, I don't remember. There, but there were just like there were there were three times that I did the like thumbs up to my girlfriend like yeah we're fucking seeing that and only two of them did she respond by just like sort of shaking her head and casting her eyes down which is what almost always happens when I do that <laughs> like I I am pretty sad that I did not get to see Journey to the Mysterious Island <laughs> really? in the theater in, in iPop and 3D <laughs> I mean I didn't care that was that was one of the ones where we got uh, because of that screening thing that Roy hooked us up with like we could have gone to see that for free but something else came up that night so we didn't end up going and I was like oh well alright I, I have to go see this while it's in the theater because I was really excited about it <laughs> okay dude I fucking love Dwayne the Rock Johnson <laughs> well sure but uh, yeah, I mean I'm, yeah, okay I'm not gonna watch the Tooth Fairy because of that but like Dwayne the Rock, you know what I would watch is like the Scorpion King, even though it's terrible. It's got like fucking giant uh, armies of sand dudes fighting fucking monsters and shit. You know, like that—that's awesome. Oh boy, I will go. I, I will go pay some dollars to look at that on a screen. <laughs> is what I will do, and I expect that the same things happened in Journey to Colon, the Mysterious Island. Hey, Journey it's to full colon. title. The Dwayne the Rock Johnson Tour de Force Journey to Colon the Mysterious Island. Ah <laughs> just... oh, man, I wish I could remember what other preview that I saw. There was there was one more that I was like, oh man, that looks fucking awesome. Yeah. The 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 other movie that I considered going to see just to let you know where what kind of headspace I'm in now is uh, Wrath of the Titans. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> you know, I mean, I saw I went and saw Clash of the Titans in the theater, and it, you know it. It could have been worse. I feel like stuff like that, if I didn't have a kid, I would probably still be doing that. I, w I would go see something like that. Yeah, if going to see a movie wasn't such a precious commodity, time-wise. Yeah, because there were times when we would just go to the multiplex without checking times and see what was... Because we just wanted to watch a movie. Yeah. Like, what do you want to watch today? A movie? <laughs> yeah. There was that day at, uh, I don't know if it was the last Comic-Con or the one before that, where we just went to the movies all day. Huh. 
which which led us to seeing like Predators and The Expendables and Avatar: The Last Airbender. <laughs> oh, The Expendables too. I will totally watch the fucking Expendables too. Because mm. I enjoyed the first one. I wish I could watch it with more fucks and shits and dams and titties. But right. damn you, Chuck Norris. You know, underneath Chuck Norris's uh, beard is a guy who is kind of a prudish dick. Yep. Did you know that his full, his um, real name is Carlos? I did. I learned that like three days ago Probably by looking the... him up on Wikipedia. Oh, I learned it on uh, Regretsy. Because somebody made a uh, made some pop culture based painting that was of like Dwayne the Rock Johnson or something, and Chuck Norris's people sent a cease and desist to Etsy, and Etsy just took it down. While she was going, this thing has nothing to do with Chuck Norris at all. Okay. Uh, I don't really know anything about Etsy. I saw another Metafilter article that I uh, read the comments on the other day. Uh, was one where somebody was a really popular seller on Etsy of handmade furniture that it turned out was just made in some Balinese sweatshop. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that they weren't taking it down even though they'll take other shit down in a heartbeat and everybody was all irritated about that yeah that was I think that that outrage started at Regretsy which is just it started as a site to just collect weird shit that people were selling on Etsy and has become more of a we like what Etsy does but we hate how they do it and kind of pointing out the ridiculous shit that they do yeah I I always felt that I don't know I don't know why I, I can't really get I can't really get on too high of a horse about this but Regretsy always seemed like I don't look at Regretsy for the same reason that I just never watched that Friday video is uh-huh. because I don't really want to participate in something that the entirety of its purpose is just being mean. Hmm. I would argue that Etsy is more, or Regretsy is more of a, like a mystery science theater of handmade crafts. Like, if somebody's doing something that's kind of awful or ripping somebody off, they will come to the defense and then they'll be mean, but a lot of it is just like, holy fuck, look at this velvet painting of Jesus made with menstrual blood. And then somebody on the site will go buy it. Like, getting stuff listed on Regretsy is one of the best ways to sell things from Etsy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. No, I, I mean, it's a lot sure. Of people I, who but have, I mean, you know, I yeah. read Failblot. Like, a lot of people who have been featured there have gone on to become members of the community. It's, there's, it's a rare enough occasion when somebody gets upset about being listed there that they tend to talk about it for a while. Yeah, I mean, I guess... Do you always like, oh, know if you've been featured on Regretsy at this point? Like, will will somebody go and tell you? Probably, because I mean, you de- like at the very least, you are a member of the Etsy community, right? So, yeah. What do you say we take a break? Uh, at least long enough for me to pee, but probably longer, and then come back and actually talk about the Kingdom of Loathing. Sounds good. Do you the Kingdom wanna, of Loathing. Do you want to cut our break a little bit short? Maybe do a twelve minute since we're starting a. Well, we're starting on time, but... Sure. 12 minutes. 
And we're back. Hey, sorry about that. We are back. That's okay. Nobody knew. You didn't even have to say. I'm terrible at being in a room at a time, apparently. Well, I said 12 minutes, and then I think it was closer to 11. So we ended up with 13. That's what we call compromise. Right. Krenvon Salzberg writes, Hey, Jake, on the show from the 18th, you mentioned that at least one of the reasons the show can be delayed in appearing for download is that so that it's not there before it airs on Radio KOL. This Linux asshole would suggest the at command as it exists on both Linux and Windows. Admittedly, it's not clear if the index is dynamically generated, which would scupper that. If it is dynamic, though, upload it to a non-accessible directory at your leisure and then issue a at time move the file command. Also, 23rd? Man, I am smart. <laughs> I, I love that. I love it when I see something that's misprinted in that way. I uh, like the first. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So here's there's a there's a couple things uh, there's a couple things that make that a little tricky. Uh, one is that the radio archive is on a different virtual host that is served with Lighty instead of Apache, and. Uh, because of that, there's all this weirdness that has to be done so that the index can be dynamically generated, which the index is dynamically generated. And uh, so is the podcast feed. There are things that aren't right about the podcast feed because of the dynamic generation, but I'm beginning to think that there are things that are not at all important. Uh, Like, there, as far as I know, there is no easy way in like a PHP script to programmatically get the duration of an MP3. And so I I think that in the in the radio thread or in the in the radio RSS feed that it is like it just doesn't have that. Mm-hmm. Where is the podcast thing? I don't even know where that's at. Uh anyway, it doesn't matter. But uh yeah, they're on, and they're also on different, like, the place where I put it to send it to the guy that's going to broadcast it and the place that it has to go uh, to be in the archive are on two different servers, which it doesn't have to be like that, and that causes some problems. Anyway. Yeah, no, I, that's, that, there, there are a lot of solutions to this problem, and thank you for, for pointing out this one. And, uh, yeah, I'm probably not going to do it. Yes. <laughs> also, like, the idea... That, <sighs> For some reason, issuing an SCP command, SCPing a file from the Unix command line has always seemed like too much work uh, because you have to, like, the, the paths for everything are so long that I find it nearly impossible to do any real work at the Unix command prompt without tab completing everything. And if you are specifying a tab that's on a different machine or specifying a uh, directory that's on a different machine, you can't tab complete it. And so I just have to remember which of the nine different configurations of fucking var, local, virtuals, www, whatever, everything is at. And it changes more often than it really needs to because of Linux guy syndrome. Uh, Where it's like, oh, I thought it would be better if we move this here. Makes more sense. Like, oh, okay. I guess I'll edit all my scripts and change the SCP uh, user profiles on the six different machines that I have to use to send things. That's cool. That's cool. You're right. That's totally better. That was a good change. That kind of thing happens sometimes. Right. Lord Coble says... 
looks like we got a St. Sneaky Pete's Day coming up soon. Is there going to be new stuff out for it? I am pretty comfortable where we are at with St. Sneaky Pete's Day, which is if we come up with some, like if we on our own, not not directed to come up with something for St. Sneaky Pete's Day, come up with something that we think would be a good fit for that, then we'll add it. But otherwise, we're not any we're not feeling any pressure to not have that just be a static holiday like all the other holidays. Right. Now. Because we just we have a history of fucking it up so much <laughs> that that it's like, eh, you know. Eh, I, I, yeah, I, I, I no longer feel like the amount of work that it takes us to do it is is accurately reflected in value and enjoyment by somebody who just has to log on and get a new consumable or collectible, not consumable mm-hmm. every time. Yeah. Uh, Telcon Tarnuva says, any comments on the idea of free adventures for new players as posted by me in this thread? I don't know that I think that kind of thing is really necessary. Like, I, we, I acknowledge that there is this arc that people go through where they end up making a bunch of accounts because the number of turns that you get as a new player are, are really small. But I think that the people who argue that it is weird to set people up with the expectation that they're going to be getting this many turns and then take them away as opposed to like letting you learn really early that you need to do stuff like eating and drinking to get way more turns than you start with. I mean, you already get a bunch of, you know, this is already in place. You start with 80 turns instead of 40. Right. And that's, I think as far as that needs to go. Uh, Chilled says, evening gentlemen, what's your favorite roast joint of meat? I'll uh, I'll smoke any joint of meat. <laughs> I like a, I like a smoked turkey leg. Yeah, that I can't I, I can't roll with that. Really? At least the Renaissance Festival variety. Huh. Sometimes they're bad, uh, but sometimes they are just sublime. I, uh, I the first one I got was all like sinewy and gristly. Yeah, it's gonna be. Yeah, they're always gonna be sinewy. And there's a lot of. There's a lot of connective tissue in a turkey's right. leg. And since that time, I've been perfectly happy with the bread bowl of soup. Ah, boy, I don't like a bread bowl. So we started doing that when we would go in high school to the Renaissance Festival. They, like, bust us down from Prescott. And it was the cheapest thing you could buy that would also fill you up at lunch. Okay. So... And now it's like there's always a beer cheese one and it's always delicious. Hmm. Yeah, the only thing I really eat at the Renaissance Festival is that turkey leg every time. Hmm. Sometimes a pickle. If they sell a giant pickle, I will eat a giant pickle. <laughs> hmm. What kind of meat do you like? Yeah, I like, I like beef and turkey and chicken. Two I made a beef stew. Pork. I, bought, I, bought one of those, uh, I bought one of those electric pressure cookers. Uh-huh. Try that out. Um... And uh, I, you know what they they say? Ah, pressure cooker that'll save you a bunch of time. They're full of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like if a thing says, "Oh, you can cook a beef stew in thirty minutes," what that means is that you can, you know, do the normal amount of preparation for a beef stew. You can put it in your fucking pressure cooker and tell it to cook it for thirty minutes. But what that means is that it takes thirty minutes to get up to pressure, and then thirty minutes to cook, and then like forty-five minutes to come back down from pressure. So your beef stew doesn't have the bends? Yeah. Well, I think the reason that in a lot of the recipes you're supposed to do the natural pressure release as opposed to, like, just lifting the thing up 
uh, and letting the pressure out is that it needs to cook longer. Huh. Right? So it's just, they're just lying when they say it takes 30 minutes. Huh. So certainly it is faster. Say, cooking some beans in a pressure cooker is faster than soaking them all night and then cooking them for six hours in a pot that you have to pay attention to. Right. You know, the amount of time that it takes to make good beans. Like, it, it yeah. It's like, it's like a, it's like an accelerated crock pot. But it's pretty good. Beef stew is pretty good. I, I have a freezer full of beef from my grandpa's cow still. Oh, well, wow. from actually two of my grandpa's cows at this point uh, that we get through fairly slowly. But I'm a big lamb fan. Whenever I, anytime I'm at a place that has lamb, I feel compelled to get it because I, I tend to think of lamb as a thing that I might never be able to get again because it's comparatively rare that you find it here. Right. I don't know why. I mean, that led to when I spent the time that I spent in England, me eating lamb just at every meal because everywhere <laughs> had lamb. Right. Uh, but you know that's okay. That's okay. Good old rack of lamb. I like a uh, I like a smoked pork hock. That's a joint. Yeah. I don't think that I I do a lot of meat smoking. I do. Yeah. Uh, I tend to do just a grill or a. Or uh, cook it on a skillet. I've never, re- I've never smoked anything myself. I guess uh, that's one of those things that they're learning is bad for you. Eating, uh, eating smoked stuff. I would think oh, any, anything that involves smoke is going to have some carcinogens involved, right? Yeah, yeah. But pickled stuff, like there's a lot of stuff that's like, okay, so there, there, there's like this like kind of longevity caloric restriction thing, but there's also like uh you live longer if you don't eat a lot of processed stuff even stuff that's processed via like tried and true 500 year old processing methods uh-huh. you know who knows buddy i was looking at my clan screen the other day and realized that it's a large well-detailed room with a bunch of floating icons of doors representing clan stuff would you be at all interested in making it into more of a room with doors actually going places i think about that every once in a while when i look at it uh and it's a little tricky um, what would that look like? I mean, I'd have to render the interiors of all of the rooms, which, you know, nobody ever says, ah, oh, Spooky Raven Manor looks like total ass. Right. But it's, but it's much harder to do that. I find, for whatever reason, that drawing the interiors of buildings, I, I, like, I have to put almost no detail at all in the rooms because once you've rendered both walls and left room for a label there's just almost no space to put anything yeah. you know so it's fine if it's a kind of room where you just want like everything against the back wall or whatever sure but yeah I don't know, it's weird. and finally who do I have to kill to get a version of Banishing Shout in the main game would you still be averse to it if say it was limited to one monster at a time was 100 MP per cast and was it an old faction level of effort to acquire I mean that's pretty power creepy, but no, I'm, I, I actually like that idea. Uh, and it's not who you have to kill, chilled, it's who you have to blow. That's right. the way we say it here in America. And in both cases, the answer is, oddly enough, pantsless. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, underscore Voss says, have you read Al McCoy's book? I, I looked this up to see what the hell he's talking about, and I have no idea. I have no idea if I've read it, because I have no idea what you're talking about. I read a book by A. McCoy, but it turns out he wasn't the real one. Oh. If somebody, uh, I actually read an autobiography of James Hetfield, which had uh, <laughs> right. 
<laughs> nothing, nothing good to say about anybody whose name was similar to McCoy, like McKay or McCooey. Maybe he was asking. I think I'll send a memo out. Re Al McCoy's book. Bartu D two says right click menu option on avatar and character pane to quickly change outfits, not individual items. Uh, that's a pretty good idea, actually. That's lovely. Uh, and favorite art in the game? There's over a hundred players with art in their names. I went there, so you don't have to. Oh boy, I'm Artie F M. Absolutely. Yeah, Artie F M is my favorite player with art in his name. Uh, unless there's a player whose name is Shark Garfunkel, in which case <laughs> that, that is my new favorite. Wow. Uh, I wonder if there is one. I bet there will be. There's about to be. No, but there is no Shark Garfunkel. Who? So whoever whoever does that gets this dubious distinction. Um, right. Boy, I, I don't know, man. I like the the Bone Star, I guess, but I don't really feel. I don't really feel like the Bone Star was a thing that I did. I did, like I don't count that as my own art. Uh-huh. Really, I guess I should. I'm, you know, I like that. I like the thing that I did for the next challenge path. I think yeah, that looks yeah. pretty fucking cool. A big candy is pretty amazing. Okay, basically everything that I do that's just a copy of some Star Wars uh, right. screenshot. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know. I like. I liked the, the combination was pretty incredible. Okay, I liked the uh, I liked the the big dig monster bone guy bones boners bones. Um, yeah, I kind of like I kind of like those those realistic style skeletons. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you know, sometimes like I- environmental stuff works pretty well. Like I like the new tavern. I look at the new tavern and I think, wow, that I sort of can draw now. Yeah, sort of. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, what else? I don't even know. I don't even know the new. I like the new Cobb's knob too. Uh, I think that. I think that made that look a lot more like a thing without really sacrificing how it how it is. You know. Right. Uh, let's see. WBO Coin says, "Hey, you guys got linked on Topless Robot today." I don't know what Topless Robot is. What is Topless Robot? It's pretty cool. Is it? It's a video game talking place. Oh, is it? Yeah. The top ten familiars. That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Two, what sorts of real-life technology do not exist in the kingdom? The kingdom has fax machines and arcade machines and boomboxes, but I can't think of much that's more technologically sophisticated except on the airship. Is the level of technology about the same as our tech from the 80s? I'm sure. But it's it's a different like it's a divergent path, right? Like the the arcade machines in Kingdom work by effectively sucking you briefly into a magical parallel dimension. Oh, they do, right? That's actually written, huh? Yeah. So it's like you stand in front of this thing and you grab the joystick, and you know a magician has created this little pocket universe. Yeah, the joystick is actually a magician's dick. Exactly. And in exchange for one hand job, he will lead you on a pocket universe adventure. You have to play a little pocket pool with him first. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so the arcade cabinets are just a magician dressed up as an arcade cabinet with his dick sticking out the joystick hole. That This is canon. Things we say, things exactly. we say on the radio show are definitely part of J&S canon. Yeah. But Which not, is the only, the only good canon. canon. Yeah. Uh, you know, we don't really think about it that much, I think, in general. 
I guess there was a little bit of the the fax machine was a little dubious, but yeah, I mean, in in as far as like a fax machine is a thing that I hate, it was easy to put in some sort of horseshit about it. Right. I think. I mean, there's there there were always robots and stuff, right? Like yeah. I think of it of KOL as more of a like Discworld kind of universe where they have a lot of technology, but it's just thinly. It's magic dressed up pretty. Yeah, but also, like, modern modern times exist as distant lands, sort of. Right, that didn't quite stick the way that we wanted it to. Didn't it? Well, we started out with that idea that, like, distant lands is going to be, like, modern-day America, and then it it's also Japan. Oh, is it? Yeah, because, like, the Pokemans come from over there, and... Well, but we, we have Pokemans in America. When we put that vending machine with uh, tentacle rape manga in it. Right, and schoolgirl panties. Right. Maybe it's just an America where everyone is forced to dress as a schoolgirl. Hmm. Boy, is that an America I would like to live in. I think that that's my sole platform when I run for president. Oh, I mean, oh sorry. Just the ladies and just the sexy ladies. Right. Furthermore. Furthermore, just the sexy ladies. Three. There are a lot of pro-vegetarian books out there. So the New York Times is currently running a contest inviting readers to respond to these books by submitting essays that make the strongest possible case for eating meat. What do you think about them framing the contest this way? What would your essay say? I mean, like, I think they can frame a contest however they want it, right? Right, that's lovely. I mean, I I think there are not a lot of... There are not a lot of people pushing an anti-vegetarian agenda. Right. You know, because, like, not being a vegetarian is sort of the status quo, and you don't need to push an agenda for the status quo. So, I mean, in a a way, this is like, write up your best proposal for White History Month. Uh, You know, except not really, because you're pissing off vegetarians and not black people. I mean, like, I think that you can not eat meat and you can be healthy not eating meat if you have the advantage of the little that we do understand in this modern era about nutrition right I think it would have been pretty fucking hard to do in a state of nature and I I don't know I mean I guess for a time I don't know were we ever will primates eat like a weevil a weevil a weasel they'll eat bugs right Primates will, but, baboons will eat monkeys. Okay. If they can get them, yeah. I mean, I, it, it does seem, like, as I understand it, we, we have, there has enough time passed, as, as, as they understand it, enough time passed since we discovered cooking that we did evolve in an environment where we had mastered fire. Right. Like, dietarily, right? And so... It's it's one of those things where it's like, well, if if nobody had ever eaten meat, we probably wouldn't have survived this long. Yeah. We don't have to now, but I think that there are there are some arguments that like well, I don't know. I don't actually remember which I I think I've seen this argument in both directions that if you took the land that it took to raise livestock, you would be able to grow enough food to feed more people than the livestock can feed. Right. But then I've heard the opposite of that. Yeah, there was a friend of mine in high school who quit eating beef particularly because he said it was an it was an inefficient way 
to use calories to feed cattle. Which, okay. I mean, I think in in Arizona, it is an inefficient use of land to do it, but you wouldn't be able to do anything else with that land, right? Like, right. A, ca- a, a single cow can wander around on five acres and find enough scrub to survive. And you would, I think you would be hard pressed. You would have to spend a lot more water to grow enough crops to feed the people that that one cow would feed in this environment when you couldn't just like occasionally unseal your container of water and give the cow some water to drink. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I I don't know. I don't, I don't particularly have a, a, a cow in that race. People can be vegetarians if they want. I mean, back in the day, I would have said, well, you know, we, we have canines and we have molars, so we have teeth for grinding and teeth for tearing flesh, and there's no reason to not eat meat. Like, cows are fucked anyway. What are they going to do if you don't eat them? And meat well, I mean, they only exist because right. we eat them, right? I mean, it's... And meat is delicious and leather is awesome. But as I get older, just like, yeah, eat whatever you want. Don't bug me about it. Like if you're proselytizing, then you're you're an enemy. But yeah, really, if you're proselytizing anything, yeah. I just I remember I th- I think it might have just been some random guest on like a Jordan Jesse Go or something talking about how he he stopped being a vegetarian once when he he saw his buddy eating a steak and he just like smelled the steak and looked at it and just had such a physical reaction just like mouth-watering and just wanted to reach across and steal it from his buddy and just fucking eat it that he's like you know what like i'm pretty sure we're supposed to want that and so my feeling like it was unnatural is just wrong right i don't know i mean the, the like our teeth are made to eat meat is a little it's it's hard to like make that point without also acknowledging like yeah we're really not supposed to drink milk as grown-ups right you know like if, if you if you really want to go down the rabbit hole of like what our bodies are cut out for it's yeah. like we really ought to be walking around on all fours because that's clearly what our spine is designed for and <laughs> all of the like back problems that everybody has are a result of us walking upright when that's not the correct thing to do structurally like yeah you know whatever same argument about like walking barefoot it's like yeah okay but you're also supposed to die as soon as you fathered a child. <laughs> right, and, and we're all designed to be nude, you know, clothes lead to all kinds of things wrong with your skin, but... No, I don't think we're, we're designed to be nude, you know. because I think that we, like, clothes was another thing that allowed our, our you know, freezing-prone, hairless asses to survive in climates that allow right, us we're, to like we're all supposed to also live in africa where uh, where human life originated right sure yeah, i mean that's the thing like you can't you you cannot discount the like agency of human ingenuity in our ability to survive right, you know, like, because it is a thing that has been there as long as there have been humans right like clothing is a fucking thing like it's not it's not like a modern contrivance that we can say, oh, well, in a state of nature, we do without it. Like, no, we fucking don't. In a state of nature, we would have been dead without, like, furs keeping us from freezing to death in the winter. 
right? Or we would have we would have just had to move around to where it was warm all the time and constantly get eaten by bears because we took the wrong path, you know, as opposed to like being able to fortify a position and make some beer, right? Um, hey, Jake and Scully says unnamed hobo. I wanted to ask you guys what you thought of the Valve employee handbook. Give it a read if you haven't already, and let us know. You guys rock. Did you have you taken a look at that? Did that did that make it to you? Did I take a look at the Valve employee handbook that was published recently? I didn't. I didn't take a look at it. No, I saw the link to it, but yeah. It's I. I would recommend reading it. it takes about ten minutes. It's pretty short. <clears throat> you know, it's just it, their their philosophy is like we just pretty much let people work on whatever they want. Their desks are mobile. They're encouraged to like move around. They're encouraged to you know just sort of do whatever they want, and then they are all peer reviewed for performance for you know getting raises and stuff right and it works as long as you only hire people who are like amazing and really driven and Uh self-motivated right it's like you can't just hire normal dudes and still run a thing like that and you know that's it's great they do it and it works for them and they get they make a lot of really amazing things that take a really frustratingly long time to finish yeah and uh, you know it, that's that's great. That's that's working for them, and it's fucking phenomenal. Like, and there are certainly a lot of things that everybody could learn from the way that they do things. But you know, it, it's their philosophy is not applicable. In a lot of ways, it's not applicable if you didn't get lucky with your first ten dudes and then have the cachet to be able to pull just the very very best talent that wants desperately to work for you. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, Strong Bad's fan says, So the Meatsmith has been busy for several years now, at least busy enough that he's never smithed anything for an adventurer. What in the world is he up to? Some kind of earth-shattering weapon? A death ray? Or something far more sinister? <laughs> well, those were the, the two examples that you came up with, an earth-shattering weapon and a death ray? They're kind of the same thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess an earth-shattering weapon would be like a really big hammer. And a death ray is kind of like a really big nail. Yeah, a death ray is like a stingray, only its sting is fatal. Ooh. So just a, a stingray. <laughs> uh, let's see. Numbat says, how do you feel about eggs? I usually like them, but after eating them, I often feel a bit vomity. You know, it's, I, I really like eggs, but I do often notice, like, the only time I ever notice my breakfast sort of coming back on me uh-huh. A couple hours after I eat breakfast is when I've had eggs. I just, and I don't know if that's because they have a very distinctive a taste. Yeah. The the burps from eggs are, are impressive. Yeah. I, I like mean they get eggs. they get pretty foul pretty fast. Yeah. My my mom had a weird <clears throat> has a weird food allergy to eggs where it doesn't mess with her digestion really but it makes her irritable and mean huh and that's the kind of thing that you would think no fucking way but she's observed it over the years just every time she's in a terrible mood she has had eggs for breakfast to the point where she just quit having them and just Hmm. those that particular bad mood just went away that's cool but uh, I I like people pay attention to themselves and make changes I just had an egg for dinner actually Oh yeah, we made um, so there's the one of the Miyazaki movies that came out recently. Ponyo has a dinner that all the main characters have. That's ramen with a sunny side up egg 
and a piece of ham, some green onions, and spinach in it. Okay. So uh, we had been watching that with Ollie, so my wife made that tonight. And mm. Jesus, was that good. Like for some, I like ramen with an egg the, in it. Yeah, the ramen and the egg. I never thought of doing that, but... Eh, I, I used to eat that all the... Like, it, that always felt like it sort of made ramen into an acceptable meal. Yeah, I wish I had heard of that earlier. <laughs> I wouldn't have spent uh. my entire freshman year of college on the verge of starvation. Yeah, you just, uh, for those of you who don't know this, you, you, you cook... Here's the way that I did it. Uh, because I like my ramen pretty stiff and my eggs pretty runny. Uh, uh-huh. You boil... You put the ramen in the water. You turn on the heat. You uh, boil it until the ramen sort of comes apart with a fork. You spread it out. You pour in the ramen seasoning and then you just crack an egg and drop it in there and then you turn the heat off and then you let it sit for like a minute and then you stir the egg up. And so you end up with some good-sized chunks of egg and the ramen broth becomes kind of egg drop soupy. I wondered if that was a way to do it. She cooked the egg separately and then put them in. Yeah, right. you can kind of you can kind of poach it in there. That is interesting. Well, we shall try. I haven't that done that time. in I haven't done that in years. Oh, like basically all of the ramen that I've eaten in the last I don't know six or seven years has been like out on the trail where eggs would have been impractical. Right. Um. And also, you don't have a stove, or I don't have a stove the way that I do it, so <clears throat> it's harder. I did, I did try it actually uh, when I was when I was just sort of experimenting at home with like things that you can cook just by boiling water and then pouring them into some other vessel. I tried doing ramen with an egg because you know eggs will keep for a couple days if you can keep them from breaking, so you could take them with you for the first part of the trip, uh, but it didn't really work. Right, like just boiling water and then pouring it into the thing with ramen and putting an egg in there. The egg absorbs too much of the heat and then nothing really cooks. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, have you ever considered using banner ads in the game? Nope. Absolutely not and never ever would. Uh, I'm not even going to read the rest of your question. Um, I would I would honestly rather like the game not exist and me have to go get a job somewhere than put banner ads in it. And I know that's stupid in some ways, but it's just it's just so... It's so not the way I want the world to work, and just I don't want to, I don't want to contribute to living in a world where that's the way that it is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, be the change you want to see. Right. Like that's 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 my philosophy. That was my philosophy before I ever heard anybody articulate it that way. That's a pretty good way of articulating it. Yep. Uh, hi, Jacob Scully says Tam- Tawny Brown. I thought Tammy Brown is how I was going to read that. <laughs> I really enjoy the game. The stuff you guys come up with to keep the universe expanding is constantly, is consistently unexpected and amazing. Yeah, oh, we thanks, keep our man. universe expanding the way that our own universe is expanding. My question is, how much influence does the player base have on new content that's created? I don't mean tweaks after new content is released, but do you guys ever see a suggestion and say that's a great idea and run with it? Yeah, we do. I mean. More often than not, if content comes straight from a player, it's because they will say, oh, you forgot to make this one particular really awesome and appropriate joke in this thing, and then we'll add that. Um, but I mean, you know, like a naked Jew suggested once that if the sleazy back alley ever expands into a zone the way that Cobb's Knob and Spooky Raven Haunted Pantry did, it should be a thing called Hobopolis. And then just like, oh, okay. Hobopolis. That's a cool thing. It's a big city full of hobos. And then we made that into something that was entirely other. But like, there, I mean, there's always been a lot of back and forth with the community. And it's always been like, it's always been really neat. I, I feel like, I feel like it's both a thing where 
it gives us the constraints that creativity needs in order to be like feasible in the long term and it gives the players a sense of participation and belonging in a thing that you don't often get in a situation like this mm-hmm. yeah uh, M. Steeler says, any word on a booth for Phoenix Comic Con? Can't remember when you guys posted your booth info last year, and while I know it's over a month away, I wouldn't mind knowing if ASIM will have a booth. Uh, we do not. Uh, a bunch of us are going to be attending Phoenix Comic Con, but we sort of determined after last year that a booth wasn't worth it. Because, wow. um, you know, we didn't, we, like, yeah, I just, I don't know that we, with the way that Phoenix Comic Con is attended if we're really like meaningfully getting the name out there in a way that justifies us taking several days off work preparing for it like I'm going to spend the weekend and I'll probably do what I did last year which is just get a hotel room down there and just spend the weekend sort of dicking around downtown and and wandering around it but uh, we're not going to have an actual official presence Fuzzy Balls will uh, so you can go get a shirt from Fuzzy Balls Apparel or you can go get like a thousand shirts from Fuzzy Balls Apparel uh, and we will probably put some kind of little promo thing on the freebie table uh, because that I think was definitely worth doing. Right. Um, but yeah, I'll, I, I will be around. Uh, my goal is to play a bunch of board games and stuff. Edit. Secondary question: Is there any specific reason for the naming schemes on the assorted pirates at the cove? The non-disguised pirates start with S, bars start with T, fuckles start with C, poop decks with W, and below decks with G. No. I mean, I think we. We tried. We probably came up with one because they all end with a Y too, right? So yeah. we started thinking of words that ended with that started with a letter and ended with Y. You know, words that start with a letter. That was our <laughs> first restriction. All right, guess we can only use words that start with a letter, which was a bold step. I feel. I think some of the like we did the grassy pirate for the card game that didn't happen. And then okay. we grabbed a, a couple of other ones from the card game, and then we noticed that they all had the same letter, so we just kept going with it. Yeah, I mean, I think the bar ones probably started because we wanted to do a tipsy one. Right. Uh, yeah. Oh, I want to read a, a Radio Bugbear question uh, before I before I forget, uh, because uh, I noticed this earlier, and it's more appropriate for the Monday show. Yeah, right? Uh Rogue Cat says, Chick, learn from Mr. Skullhead and his slow speaking. It makes it much easier for non-English native listeners to follow the radio show. Really, man, relax a bit. Plenty of time, no hurries. Yeah. I I, I only speak slowly because I get kind of dopey in the evenings. Yeah. I don't know. There, There's some something about, like, blood sugar or lack of sleep or... Or sex magic. Yeah, it's like, yeah something. But... Uh, there are times when it's really difficult for me to put sentences together and to figure out which word comes next. Mm-hmm. So I I'll kind of pause and the sentences get really choppy and I talk slowly. It's also like this show is the only night out of the, any given week that I drink a single beer and that's enough uh-huh. to to make me slow down. Yeah, to, two to, would to be okay. But at all. One is one is going to slow you down. I don't mean that every other night I drink eight beers. I mean, no, I don't okay. drink beer at all, except for on Monday nights, unless I go to a party. When you or do something. it, when you do, it's always Dos Equis. Exactly. 
Yeah, I, you know, I have been told by people who were not native English speakers that I was difficult to understand, both because I speak so fast and because I use so many idioms. Right. Uh, and slang. But yeah, I don't know. When I listen to recordings of myself, I think, Jesus Christ, man, why are you talking so fucking slow? Pick up the pace, asshole. Yeah. It, it, it's seriously, like, when I am... Because I, I, I listen from beginning to end to every episode of Video Games Hot Dogs so that I can make the list of games that we talk about, and I have to listen to it at, like, one and a half x speed to not just go nuts hmm. waiting for me to finish a fucking sentence. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't. I don't think I'm. I don't think I am should or am going to make a concerted effort to talk any slower. Right. This is why, buddy, buddy, who doesn't speak English natively, this is why your iPhone device, your pod, your podcaster blaster, whatever you're using, your your v, you know, if you don't want to spend the money on an Apple product, your VLC media player, it will let you watch porn and listen to podcasts. Has a has a place you can slow it down. You can slow down the speed, and then Scully sounds like an anti-chipmunk, and I sound like a normal dude. <laughs> Hello, anti-chipmunk. <laughs> uh, Wax says, if Boris doesn't have torso awareness, how is he aware of his manly nipples? Also, with that in mind, what if Boris is a woman? Are the nipples still manly? Yeah. Big, coarse hairs all the way around them. It's gross. Mm-hmm. Uh, to Scully, when is Lars the Siberian making another appearance? His last one was April 1st last year. That isn't true. He was in the Comic-Con uh, Choose Your Own Adventure. True. He, uh, have we, have we updated come. that uh, repository at any point in the last, like, two or three years? Um, I think I don't even remember up where it is. the last one. Yeah. Is it CYOA? Yeah. No. Huh. Well, there is a cyoa.asymmetric.net, but that was apparently just a place where I put some artwork for something for someone else to download. <laughs> uh, wow, like a really long time ago. That's the one with the hippies in it. Wow, back before I learned uh, to properly scale up my artwork for print, too. This is embarrassing. Um, shit, I just lost the tab. Okay. Uh, Ryan Janely asks if we could reconsider the Skeleton Bones uh, Clover Adventure in the thing. I remember putting that out there, and then I remember—I'm pretty sure that what happened was Riff objected to giving away the the Skeleton Bones at that rate, hmm. and so I cranked it back down to one. He might be okay with putting it back up at that point. The whole the whole uh, misshapen animal skeleton thing was all Riff. Anytime you find something that's, like, really annoying, that wasn't me. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Taking the shaggy uh, an- approach. Twillow writes, In an attempt to open up moon sign choices, would you consider increasing the drop rate on the orcish, uh, on the frilly skirts on the orcish frat boy by, or currently at 5%? In a path like Hardcore Boris, you have no choice but to do the pirate's quest with it. No weapon slot and can unlock Whitey's Grove for wig. And trying to farm the knoll is painful. E- even only a modest rise would help re- reduce the dominance that the knoll signs have in Hardcore. Eh, I would consider that. Yeah, okay. And then people talking about that in some other ways. So you guys, says Azulian, announced several things in chat, but most are game-wide. Have you ever considered announcing character-slash-player-specific things in chat? I was thinking it would be kind of a cool thing to see a color text message alerting and congratulating you for qualifying for a trophy or similar instances. 
Uh, in retrospect, you do announce a lot of clan dungeon things in the pool games. I guess you guys do utilize it a lot. Yeah, and I mean, every time anything generates a notification for you, it says it in chat. Right. Like, it tells you when somebody sends you a message or whatever. The trophies thing is tricky because the game was not built with trophies in mind, and so there, in the same way that the game was not designed with leveling up in mind, there isn't like a, a easily accessible single event that mean that makes it so you've qualified for a trophy, right? I, I kind of wish that there was. I kind of wish that that the trophy system didn't work the way that it does. Um, but but as it stands, all of those queries are so expensive that they kind of have to be limited to the trophy hut mm. to be sane at all. Um, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. Uh, so, a few things. I like several aspects of Mafia, though I don't use it. Uh, a lot of the features are invaluable to speedsters, but there are definitely some that could probably be added to vanilla KOL without too much hassle. What about adding a tab to the listen in chat that counts how many adventures you've spent in zones? Um, huh. And also, an option on buffs to recast them from their icon would be pretty killer. I definitely I want to do that, and I don't know why we haven't done it yet. Like, with, with so many effects, there is now just an obvious single source that is in the database for where they came from that it would be pretty easy to generalize that um, and would require only a few hard-coded edge cases. Part of it was turning potions into an actual category of item mm. as opposed to just a hard-coded thing that gave you an effect. Uh, part of the reason for that, one of them was some bullshit in the old PvP revamp. Um, part of it is so that that would be a generalized thing. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I am definitely on board with that feature and I just haven't, I haven't done it and I haven't told CD Moyer to do it. So it's like, it's one of those things like native tab chat, right? Like it's, it's obviously a good idea, but it's one of 10,000 things that we could be working on. So like it's, you know, tab chat got done. Like, I guess the... C.D. Moyer is, because he is a programmer and not a writer, probably the closest thing to, like, a labor kind of situation that I manage. And it's still fine to just kind of let him work on whatever he wants to because he likes the game and is is very industrious and, like, good good at figuring out, like, what will be good for people, right? But, like, he got excited about Tab Chat, just started working on it without even telling me, and then it got done, and that's how Tab Chat got done. Like, he listens to the radio shows, figures out, you know, pays attention to the kind of things that come up all the time. And then, like, it's it's weird the way that the, the desire comes upon you to code something. Like, you suddenly have some insight about, oh, I just had an idea for, like, a clever way to handle this thing. I want to see if I can make that into, like, a cool, elegant thing that will work and be usable and make people happy. And then you just do it, right? But it's like, if if you were punching a clock and somebody was telling you what to do, even if they told you to do that exact same thing that same day, it just wouldn't be as cool. Um, so yeah, recasting buffs, another one of those things. Right. Uh, let's see. Jun Tenki says, since it's too grandfathered in to simply remove the container slot, especially after adding a new container with the bug bugbear, would changing it into a generic back slot and moving some items like capes into that category break game balance too much? Or would you prefer to simply forget about it entirely and shut up, you question asker you? I mean, the problem is that it just... 
it's just power creep, right? Like it's just a new slot. It's a new slot. And I don't know that we want that. Right. I, you know, sure. We could. That would make sense because I think everything that's in the container slot is the thing that goes on your back. But uh, Scarfedin writes, is there any way that you can invert the XML feed for video games, hot dog, and advice hot dog to show the most recent episodes first? As it stands, when I look at my reader, I have to scroll down a bunch to get to the most recent show as opposed to the KOL radio show, which shows the most recent first. Uh, yes. I don't know what that would do, though. The reason that I did it that way was because it acted screwy when you actually looked at the feed in iTunes when it was in reverse order. Um, I mean, I would have to edit it all by hand, but there's no reason that I couldn't do it. I mean, I every time I go in to edit that thing, which I do using Vim, the first thing that I do, because I don't know the keyboard shortcut to go to the end of the file, is to just type colon 9999999 enter. Yeah. Uh, because that goes to line 9999999, just past the end. Um, so I feel like for every person who would be happy to find out that I do all of the work on KOL using Vim, there would be that same person who would just be horrified by how bad I was at using Vim. Uh, uh, can you elaborate on what was up with Wu-Tang and how he changed? Yeah, uh, Wu-Tang, his uh, special uh, ability uh, flag things were in the conditional field instead of the specials field, and so they weren't actually applying. Basically, he was meant... Let me let me look at him. Uh, he was meant to be a guy that you could only defeat using Way of the Fist skills, and that is because you can't stun him you can't hit him with regular attacks. Well, okay, it's not that you can't stun him. You can't multi-round stun him. Like, right. he will always recover from a stun the same round. Uh, you can't hit him with regular attacks. He is 100% resistant to spells and to combat items. So the only way to kill him is to deal at least his hit points and damage using skills. Um, which I guess they don't have to be way of the fist skills, but they probably would be. Because why would you thrust mech or whatever? Actually, thrust mech wouldn't work because that relies on a regular attack, which would miss him. Uh, but you know what? Uh, harpoon, the ever popular seal clubber skill, harpoon, would also <laughs> work. <clears throat> what says I eat at Sonic is the typical design process for new items of the month. Is it different than designing other game content? This month was fairly typical in that we had an idea that we were pretty excited about but was really nebulous and way too ambitious and then one day I realized how few days were left until the first of the month and I called a meeting and said, alright, we're not doing that, we're doing this thing instead. Oh, today went from zero to what I think is a pretty awesome item of the month in an alarmingly short amount of time. Yeah, a good 45 minutes. I am pretty fucking excited about this thing. Just from a, just from a, like us getting to play with, it's like this thing that I proposed to C.D. Moyer about... So the, the, the idea that you had that made it into a thing rather than just like a gamey game thing is, uh, is, is awesome. And I had an idea on a way to make that into a different... Like a, like a realer sort of thing that I posted in that wiki thread. I don't know if you saw it or not. And then C.D. Yeah. Moyer was like, yeah, you totally do that. It was like one of those things where I wasn't sure if it was too, too weird or too, too like insane to do in a, in a reasonable amount of time. But... I am pretty fucking excited. Like, the, like game game wise, like in terms of its actual impact on gameplay, it's not you know it's nothing crazy. Uh, but 
it's just like a fun toy thing that I think is gonna be is gonna be neat to see what people do with it. Yeah, item of the month. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hey, that's a that's about a show. That is just about a show. That is exactly we have a we have a dinner date because uh, Hot Stuff's girlfriend uh, defended her dissertation today. Mm. So now that's over, and her vacation starts at dinner with a bunch of drinks. Excellent. I'm glad that the people attacking her dissertation didn't succeed in defeating it. So Hot Stuff is one step closer to having Doctor Girlfriend. Mm. Good morning. How are you? I'm Dr. Girlfriend. All right, uh, we'll see you all next week, everybody.